But what does it mean to uh, to remain or to abide in Christ? Jesus gives, it, isn't this marvelous? Right in the middle of this section, uh, John 15, verse 3, he kind of breaks off. Uh, and he says, you are already made clean by the word that I've spoken to you. And you say, clean? What does clean have to do with anything? You're talking about vine and branches and and bearing fruit and remaining in me. And But, but Jesus is telling us how we both become grafted into him and also how we stick to it. And it is by the word which makes us clean. In other words, the promise of the forgiveness of sins. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. I am Evan Table Talk Radio! And Pastor Wolfman is here too. And uh, we have a, another guest with us in studio, uh, seminarian Robbie Rojas. What up, what up? We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're playing a new game, which I think everyone's very excited about. And it oh, is... Yeah, I can't wait for this game. It's uh, called, Are You Smarter Than a First-Year Seminarian? Hey. And our, <laughs> our first-year seminarian is uh, Robbie Rojas uh, from Orlando, Florida. And yeah. so he's studying here at the seminary. Uh, before thing we get things in full swing, I do want to do a quick shout out. Um, a, a, a personal friend of our of our family was was recently diagnosed with leukemia, and uh, she is is as we record today going undergoing chemo and has spent forty days in a clean room. But uh, she is taking her laptop with her, and she's going to listen to some t- table talk radio while she's in this clean room. And uh, so I wanted to do a quick shout out for for her, which I think listening to Table Talk Radio has the exact same effect of chemo treatment. I think <laughs> it just kills it kills all the bad parts. <laughs> but uh, Marvina, we are we are praying for you, and uh, we uh, uh, we know that the the Lord is is with you at, during this time, and uh, if it be His will, uh, He will He will cleanse you from all this, and uh, you will get through it. Um, so I uh, wanted to start off with that, and then we need to do before we get uh, into. Uh, are, are smarter than a seminarian. We want to do our theological buzzwords, Ooh. and, and we're going to uh, do this. My, my buzzword for you, Pastor Wolfman. By the way, this is where we give each other buzzwords, theological buzzwords. And we have to work it into the conversation <laughs> as naturally as possible. I like Robbie over there. He's like a little peanut gallery with sound effects. <laughs> my uh, theological buzzword for you is hapax legomena. Which is Hopbox legomena. Yes, this is um, when a, a word in the original text, um, like Greek, for example, a word is only used once in the text, and so it makes it uh, more difficult to find out the the meaning of the word because uh, usually we we compare how how words are used in the text, but when it's only used once, we have nothing to compare it to, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. And my word for you is eschatology. Ooh, uh, that is. The study of the end times, especially the return of Christ uh, and the new heaven and the new earth. Eschatology. Deschatology. <laughs> All right. Study of death. <laughs> Are you smarter than a first-year seminarian? This is the game we're playing. And how this is going to work is uh, both uh, Pastor Wolf Mueller and Robbie has, has come to the table hmm. of Table Talk Radio. 
uh, with questions. Hmm. Uh, Pastor Wolfenlayer has questions that he's been asked in the past month in the parish uh, from his parishioners. And Robbie has questions that he's come across in his classes on assignments and tests in the last month. And they're going to throw them at each other and see who comes out on top. Um, Ekbalo. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no. I hope our friend Robbie there doesn't bring some uh, Greek parsing with him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Ekbalo. You never know. Okay, well, um, let's, Pastor, why don't you? And Evan, you, by the way, are a judge, right? You, uh, Evan, are oh, going yeah. to award points uh, regard on the answers, uh, so that's good. So, uh, so I got to try to remember my seminary stuff, and the seminary has to act like a pastor for a few minutes and... <laughs> We'll see how this goes, huh? Okay, well, uh, do you want to go first, Pastor Wolf Miller? Sure. Oh, goodness. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to change the situations just a little bit, just to protect the people that are in the conversations, because I'm going to bring some pastoral care questions. I was talking to then a gentleman who's an elderly gentleman whose um, health is failing a little bit, who who has some uh, issues with depression, and normally they, they result from uh, injuries, uh, things like this. And this man uh, then will... In his suffering um, uh, of depression, he'll he'll be kind of locked in, in his house, and he has some trouble getting out, and this sort of thing. And and in the state, he asked me, uh, Pastor, uh, what in the world does God have me here on on the earth for? What's my purpose in life? So, uh, Rabbi Rojas, that's your first question. What am I on the earth for? What is what on earth is he on earth for? Um, Let's see. Uh, can I redirect the question to Evan? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he's, he's probably not going to be much help, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the uh, the game "Are you smarter than a second year seminarian?" isn't much better than, than the first year seminarian. <laughs> um, well, I I don't know. That's that's kind of uh, uh, tough to um, I don't know to come across, especially in his uh, state. But um, I I would uh approach the question from the angle um i mean he he's put on this earth to um to become one with god uh i mean in the baptism and the communion um and also he's also to proclaim the excellencies as it says in uh first uh, peter uh chapter 2 so um i mean that's that's my answer i can't get any deeper than that all right <laughs> well I think that's at least worth 100 points. Is it 100? So, yeah, 100 points for Robbie Rojas. <laughs> I think, no, I like that answer, Robbie, in this uh, in this sense is that you, uh, you know, when someone's asking this question, mm. what they're, a- they're really asking, what am I supposed to do? I, Pastor, I can't do anything, so I'm useless. Mm. So they have this sense of uselessness from the fact that they're inactive, that they can't leave the house, that they're not... Uh, accomplishing the things that they used to be accomplishing, but, but if you, I think it's good, like you said, to redirect the question because if if we can move in these sort of questions, a, a question that comes from despair, if we can somehow provide an answer of the gospel to it, then we're doing really well. Uh, so the answer that I gave was something like this: uh, You're you're on the earth uh, so that Jesus can love you and forgive you all of your sins. Hmm. So that so that now it's not a, a question of what they're doing, but a, a question of what Jesus is doing for them, and and uh, and the response was just simply golden to the conversation. They said, "Well, that's different. Hmm. That's kind of nice." Yeah. <laughs> Instead of so, being so that, being burdened with things to do with with the yeah. law, essentially, um, the the purpose, if you want to call it that, is is simply to to receive 
the gifts of God, which which is you know, the, the the central teaching of, of Christianity that that God delivers His gifts to us. So we, being Christians, um, simply do that: receive God's gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, hundred points for Robbie here. Rojas, and then 100. he he now has a question for Pastor Wolfmiller. Okay. Um, wow. Do you want to go with Greek or uh, liturgics, or you pick the category? <laughs> oh, I get to pick the. Let's start with liturgics and see how that shakes out. Okay, liturgics, uh, right here. In Divine Service Setting 1, in the new LSB hymnal published by Concordia and available to your order uh, with your own personal <laughs> copy with your name etched into it in the, for a low price. Okay, uh, what is the Pax Domini, and uh, at what point of the service is it said, and where in Scripture can it be found? Great question. So the Pax Domini is yeah. the that means the peace of the Lord, and it comes right after the words of institution. So the pastor speaks the words of institution, mm-hmm. uh, and then turns around and says, uh, "The peace of the Lord be with you always." And one of the nice things about LSB is in divine in all the divine services, they've changed the response from from LW Lutheran worship, uh, and the, so the response of the congregation is simply, "Amen," uh, mm-hmm. which is the Yes, this is true. I'm receiving this gift. In the in the divine service, uh, one from the Lutheran worship, it used to be, and also with you, but that just didn't it didn't make any sense. It it changed a blessing to a greeting, but now in LSB, it's back to a a blessing, uh, and and it's said while the pastor holds the the consecrated bread and wine, which then is the Lord's body and blood, and says. This is the Lord's peace. This is how he's made peace. His broken body and his shed blood on the cross now uh, poured into your mouth for your forgiveness. The Lord's peace is here with you. Uh, so so that's uh, that's where it is in the service. That's what it means. And then was there a third question for yeah. where does it come uh, from in the Bible? Yeah, where in Scripture can it be found? Well, the, uh, it's the ancient greeting uh, of the Jewish people, shalom, or peace. And so you see it. Uh, in in all almost all Christian greetings, in fact, Paul will begin all of his letters, grace and peace. If he writes to pastors, he says grace, mercy, and peace. I don't know why he adds the mercy when he talks to pastors. Uh, so this is the common greeting, but it's especially uh, it's especially kind of reverberates Ooh. with the with the gifts of God when Jesus speaks it after his resurrection. So every time Jesus shows up to speak to his disciples uh, after the resurrection, he's constantly saying, peace be with you. So I, I don't know, you could take it from John chapter 20, peace be with you, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them his Holy Spirit and sent them to forgive sins. Uh, so this is the peace that the Lord is delivering. So Yeah, that's right. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 19. So... Um I think we'll give you half. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll give you half of the points. Okay, so um, what? <laughs> I think that's that's worth a hundred again. So one hundred. So after round one of Are you smarter than a first year seminarian? Uh, the score is Pastor Wolfmuller one hundred to Robbie Rojas one hundred. Thank you. We are out of time for the first segment. But we'll take a commercial break and continue playing. Are you smarter than a first year seminarian? Right after this break, give us a call on our voicemail system eight six six eight five one. Five five two three, and leave a message, and we like to respond to your calls. That's eight six six eight five one five five two three, or email us questions at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this break.
this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. When I can't sleep, I listen to Table Talk Radio. The Donate Now button at tabletalkradio.org is now open for your convenience. Through PayPal, you can make fast, secure, huge donations to the show. So visit our website, and thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Are You Smarter Than a First Year Seminarian? And the score no. is tied 100 to 100 with Pastor Wolf Miller and Seminarian Robbie Rojas. And uh, I think then it's Pastor Wolf Miller's turn to give Robbie a, a question. Oh, man. All right, Robbie, are you ready? Yes, yes, I am. This question came um, in a letter uh, from someone that hadn't been to communion in a long time. And it said simply, I hope that God will not damn me for not coming to the Lord's Supper. Mm. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, wait, wait, is that a question? I yeah, think that's a statement. It, I agree. True. So here's the question. Uh, will God damn me for, uh, for not coming to communion? Um, I think it needs to be looked... Um, no. <laughs> uh, in, in short, no. I, it's only unbelief that condemns. Well, all uh, right. It is a yes or no question, but uh, you could expand. Uh, how yeah. would you, as a pastor, how would you? Because you don't want to just write back and say, nah. <laughs> yeah, just a big no. Uh, bold. Um, yeah, so I'll do a, I'll take a no on this one, but I'm going to explain on it. Um, expand and everything. Uh, I guess the question really is, uh, why has she not been, it was a she, right? Uh, that's fine. Okay, she, he. Uh, um, why have they not been uh, to communion? Um, is it because they think they're unworthy to partake of it? Um, is it because they just haven't had time to show up? Uh, they've been late every time, conflicts. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, what if they avoid church because of a conflict uh, with another member at the congregation? Oh, with a con. Okay, um... Yikes. Uh, will they be damned for not partaking of it because of a conflict with another member? Is that right? In other words, it's the it's the conflict with another member that's keeping that's them away from church. Away. Okay. Um, those, those conflicts need to be uh, resolved, I would think, beforehand. Um, but... I don't know. I don't know. You got me. You got me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. I mean, this is a tough situation. This yeah, is why, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, some of these questions have their difficulty in that the, sometimes our lives are just absolute messes. And and the difficulty of being a Christian is that we are both saint and sinner at the same time. And these two things are in this desperate struggle with one another. Uh, and so we want to bring the law to discipline the sinner, and we want to bring the uh, the gospel to strengthen the saint, but it's often these two are so confused and confounded that you don't know what to bring. Uh, so this is a difficult situation. Uh, it, it's you, when you hear a question like, "I hope I won't be damned um, mm-hmm. because of my lack of participation," you hear at one time both a, a despair 
of I, mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid that I might be under God's judgment, but also a pride that I refuse to do things differently, that I might uh, not come under the Lord's judgment. So, so, so while the despair would invite the gospel, the pride would invite the law, and they're both in the same sentence. So it is. Mm-hmm. It, this is a difficult situation that I've given you, and I, I'm not quite sure. Well, I, I would turn Christian to to uh, Luther's explanation of the sacrament of the altar when he asks. Uh, who receives the sacrament worthily? He says, Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but the person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared, for the words for you require all hearts to believe. Mm. So I, I think I think you're right, Pastor. The law-gospel question comes in here. Um, does this person need to hear the laws? Does this person need to hear the gospel? If If they're in despair for... Uh, if they are repenting for not coming to the to the altar, then 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 the altar is for that person specifically, because he, this is where the forgiveness of sins is given uh, for for this person, and uh, belief belief in that is what re, uh, makes him worthy to receive the sacrament. I, I think that's a good answer, Evan. A hundred points for you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, Robbie, do you have another question for Pastor Wolfmiller? Yes. Um, Pars Lelaleco. Lelaleca, <laughs> sorry. Oh, brother. Lelaleca. Uh, <laughs> so that's the, 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 when you start with the repeating of the first number, you're going into some sort of uh, um, perfect tense. Yes. Uh, so that sounds. Wow. Is this like a, a pluperfect, like a, a third m- masculine singular, something like that? Um, close. It's <laughs> it's first person singular perfect. You had that uh, indicative active. Oh yeah. Um, okay. All right. Minus twenty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Next question. Wait, wait. Uh, hold on. What, though, what, what text is that? Is that? Oh, that's uh, John fifteen. Uh, one through eight. Okay. So uh, this is actually the, the week we record. This is the, the gospel text for this week. Is that right? Yeah. Or last or week, last maybe. Week, last week. Um, this is the text, Pastor Wolfmiller. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so what, where do we go with this text, with that, with that vine um, uh, picture that Jesus gives us? Well, look, here, I mean, here's part of it is that um, there's not a single branch that doesn't get pruned. So, uh, so if you're the branch that doesn't bear fruit, the faithless branch, you get cut off. If you're the, uh, so the verb there is abide in me. Is that the verb uh, that's uh, yeah, remain, abide, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's this constant ongoing action there. Uh, stay, stick to it. Uh, if you're not bearing fruit, you get cut off. If you are bearing fruit, you get pruned. So so no matter what, the Father comes with his pruning shears. That's the first thing. But what does it mean to uh, to remain or to abide in Christ? Jesus gives, it, isn't this marvelous? Right in the middle of this section, uh, John 15, verse 3, he kind of breaks off. Uh, and he says, you are already made clean by the word that I've spoken to you. And you say, clean? What does clean have to do with anything? You're talking about vine and branches and, and bearing fruit and remaining in me. And, but, but Jesus is telling us how we both become grafted into him and also how we stick to him. And it is by the word which makes us clean. In other words, the promise of the forgiveness of sins. This verse, by the way, comes up in the discussion, say, in the Augsburg Confession about good works. And and the Lutherans there say, hey, everyone's accusing us that we don't talk about good works. Not only do we not talk about them, we talk about how that you can you can accomplish them, mainly by having your sins forgiven. 
because it's by being made clean and forgiven that Jesus sticks us to himself so that we bear fruit uh, in his name. That's right, but unfortunately you didn't get the Greek parsing right, so no points for you. Zero. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) So the score remains 100 apiece. Bring a Greek parsing question. Lord have mercy. (laughs) I think it's pastor's turn for for you. Go ahead. Okay, here's a question that came a while back. Uh, right, take it uh, easy. Here's a, uh, the, uh, the, a mother uh, called me and said, uh, would you baptize my baby? And, uh, and I said, uh, tell me a little bit more of the situation. I said, well, uh, we haven't been in church since our last child was baptized six years ago. Uh, and the father isn't particularly interested in having the baby baptized because he doesn't believe in Jesus. He believes in, um, in multiple gods. Hmm. Polytheism. All right. Um, so, what do you do? Is the question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, all right. Let's see. So, do we baptize the infant? Um, I would say yes. Uh, yes, we do baptize the infant. Um, we can't deny the uh, God's grace or forgiveness of sins to that to that child. I mean, if anything, he needs it just as much. Um, ooh, with, with the situation with the father, um, I don't know. That's, that's tough too. Well, he, he we, did, he did identify the father's belief as polytheism. So that's, yeah. that's a hundred points for Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> well, now pastor, I'm interested. How, how, what, how did you handle the situation? Yeah. I said, I said, yes, we'll baptize the baby. Let me come to the house and talk about it, though, uh, because uh, this has to be an opportunity then to speak the Lord's law and gospel to the family as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, if you are a Christian, you know what Jesus says to Christians. Uh, don't forget about my word. Come to church. <coughs> Third commandment stuff. And, and what mm-hmm. Jesus says to uh, someone who believes in multiple gods is, um, well, repent. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So, uh, so that um, <clears throat> anytime, I, and the the way I see it is, any time someone calls the church, it's not a member but wants to kind of take advantage of the services of the church. Uh, that this is fine. Our answer should almost always be yes, uh, if we can. Uh, then use it as an opportunity to speak the Lord's law and gospel. So if a, if a couple comes to me and asks me, hey, will you do our, our wedding? I say, I say yes, uh, as long as you'll go through instruction class. Um, mm. Or someone comes and, and they ask for this sort of thing, uh, then uh, the answer I think I always, uh, always want to try to give is, a, is the answer of yes and then use it as an opportunity to bring the Lord's, uh, uh, the Lord's law and gospel. Um, let's let's we're about out of time again, so let's uh, finish up. We have we probably have another question or so after this break, um, and then we'll we'll come come uh, we'll come right back. Just finishing up, we have one one me one more question we could ask, Pastor. All right, yeah, okay, we'll do that right after this break. So stay tuned through this commercial break, and we'll finish up this game. Are you smarter than a first year seminarian? Yes, you are. Don't go away. <laughs> we'll be right back. Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. In the early 16th century, there was a man named John Tetzel who is remembered for his selling of indulgences to fund the construction of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. 
He said, "As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs." Luther, of course, combated this teaching, saying that the indulgence wasn't even worth the paper it was written on. We at Table Talk Radio want to give you something of equal value. For every dollar you donate through our website, tabletalkradio.org, we will send you one Table Talk Radio point. With this certificate of pretend Table Talk Radio points, you will be reminded that the points on Table Talk Radio are like the treasury of merits to your salvation. No help whatsoever. Get your pretend Table Talk Radio points today by clicking the donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. The score for Are You Smarter Than a First Year Seminarian is our seminarian, Robbie Rojas, with 200 points. And Pastor ah. Brian Wolfmiller, a uh, uh, pastor in the Office of the Holy Ministry with a mere 100 <laughs> points. <laughs> but uh, there's one more question for Pastor Wolfmiller. So, Robbie, yeah. give, give us that last Bonus question. question. My, Double my, points. My. Okay. Um, the last question is, in the famous work by Walther, uh, the proper distinction between a long gospel, there are 25 theses. Uh, what is the 19th? Is <laughs> that a real question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get this. This is for all the marbles. <laughs> is, uh, it does, it's this for some reason sticks in my mind, that the 19th um, thesis is the one about the unforgivable sin. And it, so if that's right, it mm. would read something like this. Uh, law and gospel are not divided. Are you looking it up? No, no, this is, I, uh, this is, I'm not. I'm going to after I answer, though. Uh, <laughs> law and gospel are not rightly divided if the unforgivable sin is presented as unforgivable because of its magnitude. Something mm. like that. That's my, that's my close. answer. Close. Very close. Um, how, how about I give you some hints? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't do any better than that. Your hints aren't going to help. All right, distinctions must be made between venial and mortal sins. Does that recall anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember Walther's thesis about this. All that I ever stick with on that is um, is Luther's discussion of it in Heidelberg, which I think Walther quotes uh, the distinction between venial and mortal sins because of their mm-hmm. magnitude also. Um, yeah. And so a long gospel is not divided when uh, when a distinction is made between these two. It, I don't know. You yeah, t- tell right. me what it's Robbie, why don't you go ahead and read it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the uh, answer. In the, in the 15th place, uh, the Word of God is not rightly divided when the preacher speaks of certain sins as if they are not of a damnable nature, uh, but a uh, venial nature. Uh, Robbie, do you remember what, what Luther mentioned about that in the, in the Heidelberg Disputation? Um, I think, what was it, uh, Thesis <laughs> 3 in the <laughs> Disputation? Um, I don't know. I remember something... Uh, what, what he was saying that uh, although the works of man may oh, man always seem attractive and good, they're nevertheless uh, likely to be mortal sins. Yeah. Um, and, and so, Pastor, isn't it that that when one regards his sins as as small, as not damnable, as venial, as little things, that's the very moment they become great. Yeah, great sins. 
Yeah, isn't that other... a great? Uh, but... I mean, this is a great uh, sort of truth: is that uh, a venial sin is one that someone considers to be mortal, and a mortal sin is one that someone considers to be venial. So, if mm-hmm. we treat our sin lightly, then it's destroying us. But if we treat our sin seriously, then um, uh, then then we know where to go for to Christ for forgiveness, and then it doesn't damn us or destroy us. So. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, uh, you were close. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you points because I think you did a pretty good yeah. job, even though you got the the thesis wrong. Yeah, have mercy. On yeah, I'll, I'll give you 99 <laughs> points. So let's take a look at the final score. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Rojas comes out with 200 points. Yes. Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, 199. Oh. So as it turns out, Pastor Wolfmuller is in fact not smarter than a first year seminary. <laughs> True enough. You can tell this is a seminarian operation over here. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our game of Are You Smarter Than a Seminarian? No, you're not. Let's um, play Let's play some contemporary or traditional. All right. Um, All right. Well, sure. contemporary traditional is where we play this game where we, where we read a hymn, the stanzas of a hymn, and the other person has to guess whether that hymn is contemporary or traditional. Hmm. And the cutoff date for a contemporary traditional is 1750. Hmm. So if it was written av- after 1750, then it's contemporary. <laughs> Which is just kind of an annoying number that Pastor Wolfmuller came up with. Just because yeah. it's obnoxious. But uh, that's, also the, that's also the date that Hemedy uh, moved to a more um, romantic feel. And... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, having oh. Robbie in studio is better than having a, a sound effects channel right <laughs> on my screen. Um, uh, but isn't that right, Pastor? We we uh, we see a, a big shift in Hemedy at 1750. Hmm. It's also the year that Bach died. Mm. True. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I have Thank a you. I have a hymn for you. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, the day of resurrection. If you uh, if you want to follow along, you might find this in your LSB hymnal number 478. The day of resurrection, earth tell it out abroad, the Passover of gladness, the Passover of God, from death to life eternal, from sin's dominion free, our Christ has brought us over with hymns of victory. Hmm. You want another stanza? Yeah, please. It's a great hymn. Why don't you sing the second one for us? Uh, that, that's Robbie's department. Oh, no, no. I'm You're good. retired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let hearts be purged of evil. That we may see aright the Lord in rays eternal of resurrection light. And listening to his ascents, may hear so calm and plain his, his own, own all hail. hill and hearing may raise, raise a victor, victor strain. It's a round sound. Now, I'm going to guess this is traditional because all the contemporary Easter hymns have about $500 alleluias at the end of each stanza. So that's uh, one of the markers of modern uh, Easter hymns. I I don't know, though. I don't recognize – I mean, I recognize the hymn, but I guess I never paid attention to who wrote it or when or why. So the Day of Resurrection, Hmm. mm, uh, I'm going to say that is traditional. Robbie, is he correct? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is correct. Does it hurt this to is... say that or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 200 points kind for of, Pastor kind. Wolfmuller. Okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll start afresh with your Ooh. points. <laughs> just, just kidding. We'll add him on. Okay, but um, this is written by John of Damascus. Hmm. Oh, there you go. John of Damascus, the la- last of the great Eastern theologians. 
He was right in the middle of the last uh, ecumenical council, uh, which was a discussion of, oh, was that the iconoclastic controversy? And he was the great kind of um, systematician of the Orthodox faith, John of Damascus. True? True. And apparently he wrote some hymns. The Orthodox guys love <laughs> Easter too, you know. They love they love Easter, which I guess everybody should love Easter. But um, yeah. they even put on their crosses the ascending Jesus, which is an interesting sort of thing, uh, because uh, uh, I don't know if that de-emphasizes the cross and and has more of a emphasis on the theology of glory or what. But that's uh, that's what you see in the East. So there you go. So what right. years was he? He was oh. Uh, born in 696 and died in 754. There you go. Um, I love, I love this first stanza though. It says, um, uh, the Passover of gladness, the Passover of God from death to life eternal from sin's dominion free. Our Christ has brought us over with hymns of victory. So, uh, in Christ's life, death and resurrection uh, we are brought then from from death to life and it brings in this this passover language just as you know the um, the angel of death passed over the the, um, the doorpost with with uh, the lamb's blood uh, death then passes us over clothed with with christ's blood on us and that's by the way the tri- traditional uh, Easter epistle which is the, which talks about uh, we celebrate the the Christ who is our paschal lamb uh, has died for us. We celebrate the feast without the malice and anything. That's First Corinthians five six through eight. So that's a that's a common theme in, in the church at Easter time that Christ is our Passover, who was sacrificed that we might have life. So the angel of death passes over. That's beautiful. This is why you know we do this. By the way, this little game, contemporary or traditional, uh, but we we stick with the hymns because you know every once in a while we'll crunch some praise songs and you never you never really have anything like this in a praise song this depth of reflection on the on the death and resurrection of Jesus and on on the gifts that he has to give that's right okay i'm ready for a hymn hit me this is an ascension hymn a hymn of glory let us sing a hymn of glory let us sing new songs throughout the world shall ring alleluia alleluia Christ, by a road before untrod, ascendeth to the throne of God. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Okay, so um, (laughs) this is going to be interesting because you said that Uh Easter hymns, that that always ends with alleluia, which Mm -hmm. the contemporary ones do at least. But Mm -hmm. this is an ascension hymn, and I think you were trying to set me up for failure. So I'm going to use reverse psychology and say it's traditional. Well, that's true. I guess it is true. It is traditional. <laughs> I this like written by the that venerable not B. on the basis of the hymn, but on the basis of the psychology of Pastor Brian Wolfman. <laughs> you got to use everything you can. You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta have your eyes open and your ears peeled or whatever. I uh, uh this is by the venerable B. Apparently, it was written in Latin. He died in the year seven thirty five. Although this text, the text of the hymn is not found anywhere before the 11th century, but that would still put it plainly in the camp of traditional. Traditional. <laughs> Be thou our joy and strong defense, who art our future recompense. So shall the light that springs from thee be ours through all eternity. Alleluia. And then this. 
O, Christ, o risen Christ, ascended Lord, all praise to thee, let earth accord, who art while endless ages run with Father and with Spirit one. One. That's Good. marvelous hymn. Hey, let's go to let's go to commercial break and Glorious. continue playing uh, contemporary or traditional um, right after this Glorious. break. Glorious. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. We have a few articles on there, but also our forum. You can talk about this show. Um, harass Robbie Rojas on our forum no, at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio after this. Huh. This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is my favorite illustration for the fall of man. Contemporary or traditional, we are back with Table Talk Radio, Evan Gigline, Pastor Wolf Miller, and Robbie Robbie Rojas. Robbie Rojas, the victorious (laughs) seminarian. (laughs) And here is your hymn for consideration of contemporary or traditional. Um, If you're playing along at home in the Table Talk Radio home game, uh, you might find it in your uh, LSB uh, Lutheran Service book, number 681. That's 681. And uh, here's the hymn. Send, O Lord, your Holy Spirit, on your servant, now we pray. Let him prove a faithful shepherd, that no lamb be led astray. Your pure teaching to proclaim, to extol your holy name, and to feed your lambs, dear Savior, make his aim and soul endeavor. Uh, it's an ordination hymn there. Uh, why don't uh, try try a verse 2 or, give, or verse 4. How many verses are there? Four would be difficult, but I'll give you two. Okay. You, O Lord, yourself have called him for your precious lambs to care, but to prosper in his calling, he the Spirit's gift must share. Give him wisdom from above, fill his heart with holy love. In his weakness, Lord, be near him. In his prayers, good shepherd, hear him. You want three, two? Sure. Robbie will give it to you. All right. Me, 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 me. Help, Lord Jesus, help him nourish all our children with your word, that in fervent love they serve you, till in heaven their song is heard. Boundless blessings, Lord, bestow on his faithful toil below, till by grace to him be given his reward, the crown of heaven. Gig line. (laughs) Heaven gig line? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's a silent H in Spanish. Um, <laughs> I this is I. Uh, it's a nice hymn. It has a uh, there's a simplicity to it. It kind of it's a prayer for the person being ordained uh, or installed. I suspect uh, for the, mm-hmm. it's a it's a pr- uh, hymn that has a high respect for the pastoral office, which means it's got to be written by a Lutheran. Um, I think this was one of these hymns that was I think specifically written for LSB. It has that kind of feel to it. Uh, so I think this is what him is going to be very, very contemporary. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> because he has that feeling. Feeling. <laughs> okay. So uh, you are right. This was written in... Or, 1905. Uh, well, yeah. It, 
the the guy who wrote it was born in 1905. I wish it had the the actual date it was written, but you're right. Yeah. Um, written in 1905. Um, Robbie, why don't you tell us who wrote that? Um, <laughs> holy moly! <laughs> Can <laughs> uh, Leader Perlin? Yeah, Perlin? Leader Perlin. He wrote wow. that. Who is that guy, by the way? I, I don't know. know. Born born in 1905. It says St. Louis after his name, so maybe yeah. he was in St. Louis when he wrote it. Yeah. How do you spell that name, by the way? L-I-E-D-E-R-D-E-R-P-E-R-L-E-N. I'm looking it up right now so I can see when he wrote this hymn. Oh, we're going to play Google it, too. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but this up. this is a nice a nice reminder of, of um, uh, the pastor's work ordained in the Holy Office. And um, maybe a good reminder for pastors, too, uh, to, to proclaim the God's law and his gospel, to care for the sheep he's been entrusted to, and, um, and, and that the Lord is with him in, in all he does. Does it say anything on there about being the co-host of a radio show? Hmm. That was stanza four we got omitted. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do we have time for one more? Oh, sure. We've uh, got seven minutes. Oh, sure. When is this going to end? <laughs> All right, here's one for you. See the conquer mountain triumph. See the king in royal state. Another ascension hymn, by the way. Riding on the clouds his chariot to his heavenly palace gate. Hark the choirs of angel voices. Joyful alleluias sing. And the portals higher lifted to receive their heavenly king. Who is this who comes in glory with the triumph, with the trump of jubilee? Lord of battles, God of armies, he hath gained the victory. He who on the cross did suffer, he who from the grave arose, he hath vanquished sin and Satan, by his death hath spoiled his foes. While he lifts his hands in blessing, he is parted from his friends. While their eager eyes behold him, he upon the clouds ascends. He who walked with God and pleased him, preaching truth and doom to come, he, our Enoch, is translated to his everlasting home. Now, and then, oh, here's the perhaps the best, the most profound theological verse of the hymn. Thou hast raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. There we sit in heavenly places, there with thee in glory stand. Jesus reigns adored by angels, man with God is on the throne. Mighty Lord, in thine ascension, we by faith behold our own. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. Um, Robbie knows because he's looking at it, but I'm going <laughs> to guess... It sounds traditional, but I'm, I'm wondering if you're trying to trick me again. But um, cause just because of the kind of the older language, I'm reading from TLH, the Lutheran hymnal. Oh, that's true. So the hymn, the, they probably changed it. That's okay. That doesn't. I, I'm still going to go with traditional. Am I right that that hymn is traditional? Robbie, you want to do the honors here? Yes. Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. Yes, it isn't. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> this is Christ- Christopher Wordsworth, uh, him, 1862. Ah. 1862, making it uh, tr- contemporary by 110 years. But it does talk about Jesus, doesn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, it, a song can be contemporary and can talk about Jesus. That's true. We have that. Now, but uh, here, the theology of this business is just absolutely 100% marvelous and fantastic. Thou hast raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. 
There we sit in heavenly places, there with the in glory stand. Now, now, this really captures one of the main theological points of the ascension uh, into heaven. That when Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, he, doesn't, he wasn't just moving, like, uh, here's forward my mail to heaven or something. He, there was, a, there was a, a change in the reality of, the, of everything. That Jesus, who now took upon himself our humanity, now brings up our humanity to the right hand of God. So th- this is the full then use of the what we call the genus myostaticum, that all of the attributes of the mm-hmm. divinity are communicated to the human nature of Christ, and, and so that and that and that so that he takes us with him, so that now a man sits on the throne of God, and we by being in Christ are are there joined. Uh, by by faith and the forgiveness of our sins, we're joined to this uh, to the Son of God, who's at the right hand of God. It's really quite amazing. Thou hast raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. So in, in this um, in this hymn, it's teaching us that that what, what God has given us is a reality now, but it com- comes to completion in the eschatology in the eschaton in the last day. Uh, we will be brought to. The presence of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. I don't. <laughs> how, how many points is that for me? 175. Ooh, <laughs> wow. Come on. Yeah, you can get 500 for using it naturally, and you give me a 75. No, no, 175. 175. Oh, 175. I thought you had 200. Oh, yeah, you have up to 500. I wanted to give you almost. So I'll give you 450. 450 for that. Yeah. All right, the theological buzzword. We okay. are not talking about the scriptures enough for me to get to mine. So give me something <laughs> where I can lead to the scriptures and try to remember if I can remember a single-use word in the Bible. You have one more <laughs> hymn for me? Sure. Okay, right. here it is. Uh, you know this hymn. 708 in LSB. Lord, thee I love with all my heart. I pray thee never from me depart. With tender mercy cheer me. Earth has no pleasure I would share. Yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, wert not near me. And thou, uh, and, and should my heart for sorrow break, my trust in thee can nothing shake. Thou art my portion I have sought, thy precious blood and my soul has, has bought. Lord Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, my God and Lord, forsake me not, I trust thy word. Um, I want to do the, the third stanza too, because this, this is a great um, a, a great stanza. In fact, in the in the pastoral care companion, this this uh, stanza appears in the accommodation of the dying, and the, the hymn, the third stanza goes like this: Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in this narrow chamber keep my body safe in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing, and then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, that I will praise thee without end. It is a marvelous hymn. I mean, it goes, not only does it go all the way from birth to, and life to death, but then it just keeps going. And it talks about death and burial. I mean, send your angels to bear my spirit to heaven. And in my, its narrow chamber, keep my body safe and blissful sleep. So that's talking about I'm going to lay in the grave peacefully. And then at last, awaken me. That talks about the resurrection. With joy, mine eyes will see. Uh, this, O Son of God, thy glorious face. My, ah, this is just a simply wonderful hymn. This is the hymn that I always try to talk people into putting in their funeral, and they never do. So then I always <laughs> sing it 
at the visitation at the funeral home. Uh, it's a long hymn, the Martin Schalling hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. It has, it is a, I mean, that first line is a bit of a subjective line, but then the rest of the hymn is just completely speaking of the gifts that the Lord Jesus gives to us. But I don't know when it was written. I've really got no idea. I bet it's not that old. I'm going to say contemporary. Robbie, would you like to do the honors? No, it is. <laughs> it is actually traditional. traditional. Martin Schalling uh, died in 1608. Wow. So it's actually impossible for him to have written this after <laughs> 1750. <laughs> True enough. Uh, but you're, you're right. This, this, is, uh, this is right. Well, we are out of time. Oh, Thanks for tuning in to Table Talk Radio. Mm. The final score um, was Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, 599. Uh-huh. Evan Gigline with 750. Uh-huh. And Robbie Rojas with 1 million. 200. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are completely useless. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.